to Women Express. I'm your host, Denise Harrington, and here we are again. As always, I'm looking for ways to bring to you what I call our everyday Oprahs. Women who are out there experiencing life, sharing life, and using their voices to transform our world, our communities, our relationships. Quite frankly, today is all about relationships. Relationships are part and parcel to who we are as women. I wanted to make sure to reach out to one of the best experts in the field of relationship to share with you today. So I welcome each and every one of you. I penned a journal in 2002 that is, it's out of print now, but we're working on bringing it back. And in that journal, it's a journal of self-discovery. And I quoted several things, things that I noticed in my work through the corporate environment, working with women and helping them develop their leadership. And even just in with my friends every day, there were certain things that I noticed about the skills that we had, the knowledge we had, and the wisdom that we convey in our workspaces as well as our living spaces. So one of those quotes is all about relationship. And I want to share that with you today before we bring on our wonderful guest. It goes like this. Our strength as women, relationships. Relationships are such an integral part of our lives. We live for them. Sisterhood, motherhood, family, friends, partnerships, community, coworkers, teams. We bond to succeed. We succeed when we bond. I am going to introduce to you, I would say she's a recent dear friend. We've been doing things together for the last probably year. We were introduced by another mutual friend that I've known for years and years and years, Marcy Shimoff. And Marcy just felt that it was so important for me to know Catherine. And Catherine extended herself and her her team of coaches in the work that she does to hear about my expertise of sharing how to present and how to use your voice. So today in kind, I want to introduce you to Katherine Woodard Thomas. She is an author of a New York Times bestseller, Conscious Uncoupling, The Five Steps to Living Happily Ever After. Even. Yes, even after. Ah, five steps to living happily even after. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. Which was nominated for a Books for a Better Life Award. And she's also the national bestseller, which you probably all know about this book, Calling in the One, Seven Weeks to Attract the Love of Your Life. And I can say from experience, I'm still working on it. But the bottom line is it's one of the most powerful experiences that I've ever had taking the workshop that came from the book and actually reading through the book. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and teaches hundreds of thousands of people from all around the world in her virtual and in-person learning community about the art of relationship. And to date, she has many certified Conscious Uncoupling Coaches and Certified Calling in the One Coaches, and her work stands 
heads above the rest. And I would say I'm more than thrilled to have you today, Catherine. It's a great joy. Thank you. I've never been called an an everyday Oprah, so I'm kind of basking in that. Like, oh, that's what a compliment. (laughs) Well, we try our best. Yeah. Great to be here with you, and especially to talk to women who are up to the business of creating beauty and goodness in the world and, um, you know, getting their voices out there and to talk about this aspect of relationship, which I think for some of us is not as uh, fluid and not as flourishing as our professional lives. It's so true. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that I had you on because I am always coaching professional women. I do a lot of work in the corporate world and I noticed that there's just such a need to understand, you know, I'm, I'm successful in what I do on a day-to-day basis, but I can't find the right partnership. I can't find the right relationship to make me feel whole or to at least complete my success circle. Mm -hmm. And I, even myself being single and being a high powered quote unquote executive, I've had so many people tell me, oh, you'll never find someone because you're so powerful. Who would want to be in a relationship with you? And it's such a misnomer. I really am taken back when I hear that because there are always powerful men in the world. And if that's your choice in relationship, there are powerful people in the world. It doesn't say that a powerful person can't meet someone who's their equal and have a wonderful life. So I just wanted to clear up some of these misconceptions. And I thought that you'd be the best person to help us out. Well, thank you. And I mean, the focus of calling in the one is on removing your quote unquote inner obstacles to love. When we're trying to figure out why love is hard for us, it's pretty organic for us to go to the external obstacles to love. And there's merit to those conversations. The last few decades have been have been ones of rapid change in terms of relational dynamics. And a lot of us who've really created beautiful things in the world remember the model of relationship being uh, very different than the relationships that we ourselves are aspiring to have. So we look at our mothers and our grandmothers, and we saw in many ways they subjugated their own needs chronically. They gave up their careers. They sacrificed Mm -hmm. themselves. And a lot of us made a decision way back when, like, oh, that's never going to happen to me because we were coded to come in and give our gifts. Yes. And so internally, so you look at and you say, oh, you know, all these things are happening and where are the powerful men who love powerful women and you know how many men are you know in my city and what do men think about women my age and all these things that we think about you know as the external but what i'm interested in is what are the internal decisions we might have made where we are the source now of making sure that there's a part of us that doesn't actually want relationship because we're kind of running on those old you know, ideas that somehow if I find a partner, then I have to give up my dream or I have to give up my power. I have Mm. to subjugate my mission in order to support someone else's. So, you know, calling in the one is making those things conscious, like we're living in an either or universe. There's an option A, there's an option B. And I'm saying, okay, let's get conscious and create an option C. I love that idea. I love the idea. (laughs) Option C. Because you don't need, you know, all men to fall in love or you to fall in love with all men or all women. You just need one person. You just need one person 
to take that partner place in your heart, in your life, and partner with you. And there's a lot of people who are looking for a powerful woman who's developed, who is a contributor to the world, who is unstoppable in her own ways. And, uh, you know, because I think that there's a lot of people who are looking for someone that they can admire. So that's all the women that are we're talking with right now. That's the women we're talking with. Yeah. Those are the women that are listening to this podcast. Yeah. I think the big thing is you know, we always say that relationship is part and parcel to, it's one of our gifts, being able to be in relationship or to encourage relationship, to lead relationships, which is why we're so good at collaborating and teamwork. But why are relationships so important to women? What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I mean, I think that that is kind of our center of gravity. And in many ways, what we've done over the last, I think, 50, 60 years we go all the way back to back in the 60s where we had women finally standing up and saying, you know, I'm not going to live that life, starting with Betty Friedan, right, in her wonderful mm-hmm. book. So I'm going to claim power and I have a voice in this world and I'm going to take my place at the table. However, the power system that we joined at that time was a masculine system. Yes. And so in many ways, that masculine system is based more on autonomy and not necessarily on relationship. And I think that, you know, by the the firm stand that women back then were taking, they were willing to kind of go into that power system and master that system of power in order to reclaim our equality and fight for our equality. So now what's happening in our generation is we finally have the luxury, not, not that we're where we need to be, but we finally have the luxury where we've made enough progress where we can say, okay, wait a minute, how, is this even the power system that I want to be gaining power in? Yes. And what does power look like from my perspective? And so we have the luxury of saying, oh, actually, you know, feminine power is the power of relationship. Feminine power is the power of harnessing co-creativity and teamwork and sisterhood and doing this together. So we are reclaiming the values of relationship. But I think it's some of the costs of the old system of going into that masculine system of power was that for the first time in recorded human history, over 50% of adults are now living alone, out of relationship. And so going back into that system, there's a way that we have been successful in reclaiming external power, but it's been a cost. There's been a cost to us. And I think that women do feel kind of confused and a little split. And this is why the rise of the masculine and the feminine and the conversations of when we're in our feminine, when we're in our masculine, you know, and you have wonderful teachers like Pat Allen, who's telling you, you can't be, you have to choose to be one or the other, you know, you have to choose to either be cherished or respected, which, you know, God bless her. I think she's wonderful, but I always say, well, Call me greedy, but I want both. Both. Me too. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't want to choose. How do I choose? Exactly. I'm not going to do that. That's my yeah. option C. I'm like creating. What does that look like? But the purpose of calling in the one is really to align our internal beliefs and our internal availability 
with the future that we're committed to creating. So we start with a bold intention in calling in the one, this shall be so. I'm going to be a woman who has it all. I'm going to be a woman who's successful and has a loving relationship. And that loving relationship will not diminish my success. As a matter of fact, it will increase my success because inside of me being fed, then I can feed more people. That's so true. Hey. I love that. You so, can say that a hundred times. Yeah. So let's stand for that right now, recognizing yeah. that you know everything that gets created in the manifest world begins in consciousness, begins with us. We all know that because there was at some point we said, I'm going to be a successful woman. I'm going to make X amount of money or I'm going to impact, you know, this industry or I'm going to touch this many lives. You know, so there's a choice to be made that's internal and you don't have to know the how to. You just kind of set your intention for that future and then you're listening for your next steps, how to find our way to that future. And basically it's an internal process of what do I need to let go of? What do I need to begin to cultivate and embrace and learn? And how do I need to develop myself in order to fulfill upon that future? So, you know, when it comes to relationship and what there is to let go of, well, one of the things is this kind of, you know, either A or B, right? And yep. <laughs> I'm going to let go. The, that's the only two options that there are. Yeah. Or I'm going to let go of, you know, that kind of, you know, beautiful fierceness of, of the decision that I made in my youth that I wasn't going to live my mother's life. I was going to live the other life. Right. And going to identify with my father who was out there doing great things in the world. And so you say, well, you know, maybe I'll, what I'll let go of is, again, the kind of either orness of that, the black and white, like I'll never get married as being, you know, your pathway to success. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to let go of truthfully workaholism because if, mm. you're, if you're mated and to your work, you want to make room for an actual partner. <laughs> you know? I can relate to that <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so maybe you start by saying, okay, I'm going to start to value relationship in my day-to-day lives. At the end of the day, I'll make time for a call with a family member or a friend. And or a friend, I'll yeah. prioritize my own relationship with myself by sitting in meditation every morning. Or, you know, you start valuing relationship as well as contribution through work. That's true. I know I, for my own experience, and I was married at this time when I made this decision, it's that I just knew I wasn't an at-home mom. That was not something I wanted to do. I knew I, real nothing, I'm not saying anything against at-home moms. I think they have a, an important point, an important point of view to bring to the table, but it wasn't for me. And I knew that I was going to contribute and quickly my star began to rise, even rise beyond you know, the relationship that I was in. And that was a little hard. And I always get from women who have, let's say, they're now headed towards the C-suite or they're in the C-suite or they'd like to go in that direction or at least own their own business. That whole point that you brought up about the system itself is more male and more autonomous. Yeah. And how to make peace with the idea that I'm not about just autonomous. I'm really about community and how to make those two work. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we are the transitional generation that's kind of yes. integrating now the feminine back into the world. That is our task. That's our desire. Uh, 
And the things that we're up against are real. And, you know, what's the mindset of being unstoppable? Well, that's always looking for the opening and the possibility and who am I in the face of this? And who will I be? And what will I create to contribute and to impact how this conversation is evolving? Yes. Right. Yes, that's so true. It is so very true. And, you know, I heard you say that you you made this decision yourself and you took the model of your dad and you began to go out and do it. And the beauty of today is there are so many women, powerful women, that we can look up to and we can role model after. And I've also recognized there are quite a few relationships out there. For my younger audience, I have to give kudos and big round of applause to Beyonce for going through what she went through with her husband and literally in front of everyone, bearing her soul and going through her, I would say that lemonade was a cathartic moment for her. And then coming out on the other side with her relationship intact. And you could see there's definitely some changes in him. And so you have that power relationship, the powerful woman with the powerful man. And I think she came into, she began to see her own and decide, you know, I'm staying with this, but I'm going to stay as the queen bee. I'm still going to be Beyonce and not give up myself to be in relationship. Did you notice anything like that? Or what's your thoughts around that? Well, I'm at a disadvantage because I, I only know that on a superficial level. I haven't really listened to the lyrics of Lemonade. So now you're kind of inspiring me to go and listen to those and get more related to the modeling that you're talking about. But I, I did hear you say that you outgrew a relationship when you started to step into your power. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of one of our deepest fears is that if I really step into my power, what's going to happen to my relationship. And there is a place where we have to get to where we're kind of choosing our own authentic voice with the security or the comfort zone of the relationships around us. And I think this is really, in a a way, a lifelong path with our family of origin or with old friends. And how do I create safety, relational safety, but stay on my growth edge, particularly those of us who are organized around growth and development. Yes. Right? I think a lot of us who are organized around growth and development have a belief that if somehow I get into relationship with someone, that that relationship is going to hold me back. Mm. You know, again, I like making all these things conscious because then what you do is you put into your vision the relationship that I'm calling into my life is with someone who is as growth oriented as me, mm. with a man or a woman who loves to have a partner in the fullness of their power, who's inspired by that. I love it. You know, you want to start to really like put a lot of these concerns and these fears into your vision. A lot of women will say, Well, I have children. And I don't want my kids being abused, so I'm not going to bring a man into my life until my daughter's off to college, which, you know, is one option and one way to do it. And I always appreciate the impulse to be protective. That's a beautiful impulse. And again, what about starting to vision 
that your daughter has a stepfather who's trustworthy and protective of her, who's mm. honorable, who helps to put her through college, mm. who loves her as though she were his daughter. Oh, yeah, I to love just that. take our fears and, and question them and say, wait a minute, it doesn't have to be that way. How would I want that to go? What would the best scenario be? And start to, you know, a lot of times people do vision boards when they want to create a relationship. But for a successful woman, I say, you know, put yourself, you know, in front of a thousand people speaking and make sure that you're, you know, you put a picture of your partner sitting in the front row, like sending you love and beaming support to you and proud as they can be because you're up on that stage. Oh, You know, just put, these are the images of what would work for us. I will tell you that, you know, I just, so the women that are, I don't know how your age, but I'm 61. And I just called in the next one. I just called in my second life partner. Because when I created Calling in the One, I was in my early 40s. And I did that through my own experience. I'd always struggled with relationships. I think career was the most important thing to me in my life. Yeah. But I had a lot of problems with relationships too because I had a very traumatic upbringing and a lot of things happened. And I, I made it mean that I wasn't safe. I had a great fear of being alone, which kind of fed into a, a real codependence that I had where I'd give power away just so no one would leave me. Mm. A lot of those toxic kind of patterns that are kind of organic to a lot of trauma in, in our youth and a lot of us know what that journey is but when I was in my mid-40s I started with this intention like okay I know it would be like you know pulling a rabbit out of a hat but I'm just going to set an intention to have to be engaged by my 42nd birthday I'd never been engaged before I had this group of people we were all setting intentions together and I got inspired and I started living into that future not knowing if it could ever happen But I started to, you know, this meditation, what would it feel like to have that? Who would I be inside of that? It's really a transformation of identity at that core level. Wow, how would it feel to be a woman who was really happy in love? How would I feel coming home to someone I couldn't wait to get home to every day? How would it feel to have dinner on the table waiting for me after working all day? You know, how would it feel to take a walk on a Sunday morning and just, you know, kind of leisurely be laughing together? Like all of these images, like who would I be in that? Mm. Every morning I would sit on my meditation cushion and imagine that. And then I'd ask, what would I need to let go of? Mm. You know, what would I need to, to become this version of me to have this future? Well, I'd need to let go of Gosh, that guy I'm still pining for and hoping comes back. (laughs) Or gosh, I'd have to let go of this belief that I'm not valuable, you know, being over-identified with that. Or, oh my gosh, I'd have to let go of that, you know, loyalty that I have to my mother and my grandmother that, you know, where we all get together and we have, you know, this way where we diminish men together and that bonds us together because we're the matriarchal lineage and the men come and go. Like all sorts of things that we have to let go of in order to Mm. get into that future. And who would I need to become? So I started this visioning process not knowing if that was going to manifest. And lo and behold, in this very magical way, I manifest this wonderful man who fell 
head over heels in love with me and asked me to be his wife two months before my 42nd birthday. Oh my so, goodness. You know, and then when I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Because the last person who proposed to me was my high school boyfriend. So for all those years, you know, nothing had been, it'd been just drama, trauma, unavailable men, married men, engagement, commitment, phobic men. I used to laugh and say gay men who wanted to explore adored me. Like I was just a magnet for any kind of impossible situation before that. So then I got really curious to see what I had done and that that's how Calling in the One was created. Now I was married to that lovely man for 11 years. And then we got a divorce. We decided to not be married anymore. We had a daughter and we were raising our daughter. And Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. And, but, you know, I did outgrow that marriage is what happened. I mm -hmm. outgrew that marriage. I started to work with thousands of women who were coming to me and uh, teaching them. And it expanded me beyond who I ever thought I would be. And it shifted the dynamics in my marriage because somehow I didn't bring him with me. I forgot uh, that part. I mm. forgot that part. It was the missing, I think it was in many ways the missing development from my childhood, the things I didn't know how to do about how to make a marriage successful. Mm. So we had such a you know, lovely rapport that it didn't, I didn't notice it until it was kind of beyond that point. And the truth is, is that my husband, as I now affectionately call him, wasn't really interested in going where I was going. You know, it was kind of like, good luck with that, sweetheart. You know, I'm glad you're You go thrilled. ahead and do it. Yeah. You, you go, go ahead, sweetheart. So he wasn't pulling me back. But at some point, we just got so far apart. So we consciously uncoupled and actually I created conscious uncoupling inside of how graciously and respectfully and beautifully we did that, which doesn't mean it was easy because it was a very hard thing to do, but I did it well, I'm happy to say, and then wrote a book about it, which then ended up becoming a New York Times bestseller that Gwyneth Paltrow made internationally well-known. And then uh, a few years later, when I was ready, I started to do the calling in the one process for myself again. Oh, this is such a great story. It's a wonderful story. And I'm going to say to the listeners, there's a little bit of noise in the background, but just live with it. Because what Catherine just said is beyond, it's just, I think it's something that it's so important to understand on how being conscious about intentional about and looking at the things that are fears and how they keep us from really moving forward. I love the idea. Well, particularly if we've had a breakup, a lot of times we'll contract mm -hmm. after a breakup. I think breakups are a crossroads and we're either going to expand and grow or we're going to contract and keep our lives smaller after that because they're very hard to go through and they're very hard on the heart. We are not really made to separate. We are born to bond, as you were saying at the front. That is our strength. And when a relationship ends, if we don't navigate that ending well, uh, we can go forward living a lesser life. So I know I'm speaking to somebody right now because I can feel it in my heart. Mm -hmm. So conscious uncoupling is all about how to really complete with a past relationship in a way that leaves your heart whole and more capable of loving and being loved moving forward. Mm, I love that. So I, love I always that. say that your next relationship doesn't end. begin when you meet the next person. It begins with how you end with this one. 
Very interesting. I'm sure there's someone out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing that right now. I'm hearing it too. I'm sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, I guess this is what I needed to hear today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Merritt Malloy said said a great quote, which is relationships that do not end peacefully do not end at all. That was his quote. That's true. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be friends with everybody, but you have to be at peace inside yourself. You have to be at peace. And that's always going to have to do with taking responsibility for your part and ways you gave your power away or the fantasy that you were in or the strategies that you had to keep yourself safe that ended up being destructive in the relationship. You know, really seeing this clearly and making an amends to yourself moving forward to give that up. And to, yeah, it's one thing I can say based on everything that you, you have shared with us so far is that being in relationship is easier than we think and more dynamic than we realize Mm -hmm. in putting it together, maintaining it, and even removing yourself from one. That's right. That's right. So I'm, I just, you know, I'm just really grateful to say that at the age of 61, being a very successful <laughs> author and teacher that I've called in this remarkable man who I mm. s- exceeds my expectations or dreams of what I could have even imagined for myself, really. Part of what he loves is that what I've, how successful I am and that I'm successful on my terms, not necessarily the world's terms. I mean, you could look at my life and say I'm successful on the world term because I have these titles or whatever, but I'm successful on my terms because my terms are how many people have I made a difference for? How many people mm. have I you know, really helped along the way? How much love have I generated? How much goodness have I generated in the world? That's my terms. So he, you know, part of why he chose me and why he loves me is because of how successful I am. And that I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. So just a modeling and you know that I'm 61 is not a problem. <laughs> I think age is not an issue really. Age is not an issue. It's it not really isn't. it used to be. I think we have it in our minds that it is because when we were growing up, you know, 50, anyone over 50 was old. Right? Anyone over 40 was old when we were growing up. It's just true. old to us. But you know, you have to remember that, you know, all of the medical advances of the last 50 years, again, have changed the whole landscape of what it is to be a woman in our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. 90s. Really, yeah. it's changed the landscape yeah. of what's possible. Yeah. And uh, yeah. a lot of us, you know, are coming into the second half of life just completely lit up and inspired by what we're going to create next. And, you know, and that includes a loving relationship. My girlfriend, Joan, uh, Dr. Joan Brager, just came out with a book, It's Never Too Late for Love. Oh, it's all about sweet. helping women to navigate online dating, which is one of the fastest growing demographics of online dating is uh, what they call silver seekers. Silver seekers. Yeah, silver seekers. I would be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but listen, I'll tell you from a woman who's now in love in my 60s, is that it's the best. It's the best because we're both so, we've like already learned a lot of our relational lessons. Mm-hmm. So we bring all of that wisdom and all of that 
knowledge about how to resolve conflicts or how to turn towards truth or the how to create safety and still have your both on your growing edge, like all of these things that make relationship, how to navigate autonomy and togetherness, you know, all of these things we have, we have toolkits that are full. And sometimes I tell you the other night, we just went through this thing because I said something to him in this kind of snippy way and he got, you know, rightly offended by how I, I spoke. And so we had to, you know, work that through. And, and by the end of it, it was so authentic and so skillful how we did that where I completely got it and he completely got it. We hurt each other so thoroughly. And then we both started to cry because we did that. Oh, well, and it didn't like become this thing. It actually brought us closer. Wow. It didn't mushroom. Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) Speechless for a lot of reasons. But I think the biggest reason is taking a look at from the perspective of one of our, what I call powerful tools that women have is relationship in general, but certainly looking at it as more specific and how to create it from intention and how to maintain it and how to expand it and how to let yourself expand into relationship as you age and as you grow, I should say, as you grow in career and experience and actually being able to find and attract and meet that person that meets you on that level just by doing a few simple things. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, consciousness hygiene, right? Consciousness hygiene. (laughs) I never actually saw that till you said that you inspired those words. Consciousness hygiene. I love it. And I'm glad we've had a great dip into the consciousness hygiene waters of healing and truth today. I appreciate that. I am inspired. I have calling in the one right here in front of me. And I was just flipping through it as you were talking, looking at the different pages I dog eared and the different things that I'd underlined. And I'm going to admit that I did not get past page 149. What's what's on 149? 149 is setting your course. Yeah. So that's where we start to live in alignment with Mm -hmm. the intention, where you are starting to show up and be generative of that future. You know, a lot of us know to make altars or vision boards or these things, but it's it's still a little bit in the ethers or I'll pray for love, I'll wish for love, I'll hope yes. for love, yes. I'll even make a vision board for love. But what <laughs> what setting your course is about is yeah, well when you set an intention for something, then when you get up off your meditation cushion, there's an action to take. Yeah. And I think I'm still in the meditation phase. Yeah. <laughs> about but it's conscious action it's not just action because i think that's what you're saying you could put it all on your intention board or your vision board or whatever it is but it's actually taking very simple steps and i'm going to underscore simple steps because everything you've said so far have been very simple things they are and, and let me just teach people how to do this little thing quickly so when you're visioning you are visioning like it's now You're not visioning like you're looking at it in the future. You're not on the outside looking in. 
you're imagining what does it smell like to walk into my home and my sweetheart is cooking dinner for me? What does it feel like when he's rubbing my shoulders, he or she? What does it sound like when that person's whispering in my ear or singing in the shower? So you're using your senses and you're getting it into your body. Then you want to ask, what would I need to let go of in order to manifest this future? And then you sit open and receptive. And your own intuition will begin to tell you what there is to let go of. It's not a burning bush experience necessarily for most of us. It's just the simple thing. Because we know, I think it's time to quit smoking. I think it's time to let go of my workaholism. Right? We know what the next, I think it's time to stop spending hours on the phone with my crazy mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we know what mm-hmm. we need to do next. And then what would I need to cultivate and embrace or, or develop to prepare myself for this relationship? And you listen to that too. You might need to start to learn how to set better boundaries. Mm, yeah. Or how to speak up. How to speak up. How to speak up and speak your truth to people and have that cultivate the courage to do that. And then before you get up, you say, and what is my next step? What is one action I can take today to find Um, my way to that future? And when I was doing that with the uh, Calling in the One, when I was first creating it, I remember getting up off my meditation cushion one morning and suddenly noticing that all of the artwork in my home were these single women kind of staring off into space nobly, you know, and I, I'd never seen it before. (laughs) Isn't that bizarre? I had about three or four of them. It just never, had never occurred to me. So I lovingly took them down and put them in the closet and just went out and bought other prints of couples and families and just you know things that represented togetherness and community Mm. so there's little things that you can do to start to change your environment maybe it's uh, making an amends to somebody you know if you treated somebody badly in in the past to go and clean that up with them or to forgive yourself for something and make an amends about how you're going to show up moving forward maybe it's cleaning out space in your closet for that person to put their things, you know, so you're just, you're kind of orienting your life towards getting ready to receive that future. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yay. Well, again, usually I am not speechless, but I am speechless because there's just so much to digest and to appreciate about what you said. So I thank you so very much for sharing with us today. And hopefully there are others out there who are sitting speechless as well. And that we go back and meditate upon some of the things that you said, all of the things that you said, and begin to find our voice to let ourselves stand up and call in, literally call in 
the one. Thank you, Catherine. Big woohoo. All right. So I guess I'm going to have to not only finish the book, but I'm going to have to call and get myself a coach. And that's, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking, okay, I got to get a coach and and make this happen because I'm really ready for the relationship. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that, you know, I created a lot of success after I got divorced from my first husband, but I was tired and I was a little depleted. And I got to a point where I knew that in order to make a bigger difference and a bigger contribution, I was going to need to be more supported personally. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very grateful for it. So I do think that there is some merit to this idea that I have to be alone and I have to work, 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 work to be successful. But I think to come into the true fullness of our expansion and the true contribution that we came here to make, it's going to require that we're well and we're healthy and we're being nourished and loved. So to, to value relationships, certainly value calling in the one, but value your friends and value your family and make time for connection and make time for love because we all need love. That's so true. Thank you again, Catherine. That is so true. I don't even want to say much more of this. So if we want to get in touch with you, what should we do? Uh, CatherineWoodwardThomas.com is where to connect with me. And uh, you can also go to CallingInTheOne.com for a free starter kit. And I have a wonderful seminar there that's free that takes you through the calling and some of the Calling in the One process and other wonderful gifts. So, And what is that again? One more time. Callingintheone.com. Wow. Thank you again. I just, namaste. Thank you. Heart to heart. I just, from the first time I started working with you, I felt that it was certainly a calling in of a sisterhood. So I appreciate the sisterhood that we've created and Mm -hmm. the community that the two of us have sustained and are created and creating. And I'm looking forward to having some more of that support in my life too. So thank you so very much. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening out there, let's give a big round of applause and wherever you are to Catherine for the time that she spent with us. And if you'd like to hear more from me and more from Women Express, you want to go to any of your podcast providers will have Women Express, but you can also go to womenexpresspodcast.com. Or if you'd like to hear or have more professional coaching from me, it's Denise at dmhconsultinggroup.com. All of the above. It's so very good. Thanks again. And for all of you out there, come on, women. Let's express. Thank you for now. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us, give us good ones, review, and subscribe. And if you loved the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. Let's collectively women express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now.